Christmas Day, and it's about the gift Jesus gave for us. And I don't want to spend a lot of time with it, but it's as simple as A, B, C, that gift is. And the first thing we have to realize is in Romans 3.23. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's all of us. Nobody's perfect. The old saying goes, the only one perfect, they crucified. If you ever doubt that whether there was a Christ or not, all you have to do is look at your calendar and you'll realize very soon that uh, the year is 2022. And very soon it's going to be 21. Why did they mark it that way? Because it's that many years since the death of Christ. We have, and oh, the physical death of Christ as he walked on this planet. We have to accept as people, and that's the first letter, the first part of ABC, we have to accept. The second part is believe, and the third part is confess. You have the outline of the message now, but I want to put some skin on it just a little bit. And we all have to come to terms with our maker. If we don't, we will sooner or later. It'll happen sooner or later. If you don't believe in God, that won't change the fact that when you, one day you're going to stand before him. You're all going to have to, we're all going to have to give an account for ourselves to God. Now, if you uh, understand that or come to terms with that in this lifetime, you're far better off than if you did wait till the last minute, so to speak, that you're standing there in eternity before God and have to, uh, have to come to terms with him. It's far better to accept him now and the fact that he exists than to wait till later. You see, every, every man in their heart knows there's a God. Some, for some men, that God is, is alcohol. For some men, that God is self-pride. For some men, and I'm using the word man generically because we're talking about all people, all of mankind, and uh, we uh, fill that void with a number of things. All of us know there's a God. You can go to the, I've been to the farthest parts of the earth. And Brother Fred just come back from one of those places. And they have no trouble grabbing the concept that there's a God. You know, that's why we make up all these things. That's why we had, you know, in our history, all these different uh, thoughts and ideas about God. Man has an inner need to fill that void in his life. It's what he all mankind does, and it's what he plugs into that that gives him reason to move on. Some plug in false gods. We all know there's a God. I, you can go to China, and China's been godless, loosing, loosely using that term, for numbers of years. But if you go back into their history, they talk about how they traveled on the back of a turtle in a great flood and landed on the mountains. That's in their history books. And they, they know that there's some kind of, as sure as there's a created thing, there's a creator. Every one of us, you know, the proof of a creator is found in this chair right here. Somebody had to make that chair. Somebody had to design that chair. Somebody had to put the fabric together. Somebody had to pad that chair. The fact that that chair is there, there's a creator. And in Romans chapter 1, you look around in Romans chapter 1, and it talks about 
how all of the creation is proof of the Creator. And so you uh, know as sure as there's something sitting here, somebody made this, and I'm not sure quite who made it, if it was, but I got a good idea. And, you know, somebody designed that. Somebody put it together. It took a creator. And then, you know, who, who made the wood? Who made the wood? Where, did woods, where does the wood come from? I remember when I was a little boy, I, I looked out across the prairie and I says to my mom, I says, where do trees come from? She simply said, oh, she explained how over billions. No, she didn't. She said, God made those trees and they grow there because he wants them to. And we get to use them. Somebody created these trees. All of us know within our minds, within our hearts, that there has to be a divine creator. Somebody had to make it. Because one of the first laws of physics is you don't get something from nothing. We all know that. You have to have something to get something. And it has to take place that way. And so you can go to the farthest reaches of this universe and you'll find people that know there's a God. They might not know all about God, and they might have that replaced with many different things. The Egyptians used the sun. Different tribes, different groups of people. But the first thing we have to do is accept the fact that there is a God, and there is a standard for our God. And his standard, we can go back to his word, and his word basically lays out, in summary, even our whole culture, in summary, our laws all go back to the Ten Commandments. Basically, the Ten Commandments. Verse 3 or 4 are about God and our relationship with him, and the rest are our relationship with others. And those commandments, regardless of the culture, ring true unless it's a totally self-centered culture. Now, I said self-centered. I didn't say godless. Because every culture was established by God originally. It's how man contaminated that culture. So we all have to realize that we are sinners. Invariably, we've been, we've been to uh, up above the Yukon, talked to a young lady up there. It was amazing. You get up there to some of those villages, and they don't know there's a God. But then they do know there's a God. Because as sure as we turned around and looked at the mountainside in their village, they had these white crosses up there. Now, we could go into the history of why they put white crosses up there. The fact is, they had to put white crosses up there because they couldn't bury people in the wintertime that died. They'd keep them at that cross, and there'd be somebody posted there to make sure nobody bothered the frozen body until the ground thawed enough they could bury them. And so they, they did that instinctively to preserve themselves, their ancestry. And we'd go by there and we'd try to talk to people about Adam and Eve and they'd look at us with deer in the headlight looks because they did not understand God's word. They didn't have God's word. But invariably, they knew that they needed a savior. They knew that there was a reason to be buried even if it was so the bears wouldn't eat them. And we found somebody, and it was through uh, that person. She was 
She says, yeah, there's got to be a God. I hear about him once in a while on the radio. And it was a broadcast station that went to Russia. And they picked it up every once in a while. And they go, well, what's this all about? And we explained to them the fact that Jesus Christ was God's son. That's why when Paul writes in Scripture and talks about things in the Bible, when he's talking to his people, he sometimes, to validate himself, he goes through the whole Hebrew history before he gives them the gospel. Because invariably, according to their history, they knew there was a God. The Egyptians, again, worshipped the sun. Other people worshipped the water. Here they worshipped different deities or different identities associated with the water. They worshipped whales. They worshipped uh, eagles. They did all kinds of things, even the birds that fly. Because they realized there's a creator. And what we have to do is we realize there's a creator. The creator has a standard. And consciously, we have to admit how we measure up to that standard. So they go as far as human sacrifice. They go through all kinds of different things. People do, not necessarily the tribes here. But that's how that all comes about. Well, we're civilized. We've got the word. We've got the word, and we have our language has been civilized. And in that course of our language being civilized, all you have to do is go to the book of Romans, and Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, we're going somewhere now. To know Jesus Christ, to know you're on your way to heaven, you have to first accept the fact that humanity needs a Savior, and you're part of humanity. Whether you decided your gender or whether you accepted the fact that you are what God made, you were still part of humanity. And everyone has to come to terms with that. Everyone has to come to terms with whether there's a creator or not. The first thing you have to do is accept Jesus Christ. You have to accept the fact that all sinners have a need for Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 What's Romans 5, 8 say? Could you read that for us, Mrs. Anania? What a wonderful miracle that is. He created us. He allows us to, to uh, live on this planet. He allows us to work things out. It says in Genesis, we'll be as gods, knowing good from evil. And he allows all that. Where do you fit in your mind with all that? Do you realize that there's a God? Do you realize that you have a need for a Savior? Do you realize that the Savior uh, is a gift from you? The next thing we have to do, we have to accept the fact that we're not our own gods. We have to accept that we're not in control, absolute, we are in control of our lives, but we're not the absolute gods of our lives. That's what the whole thing's about between good and evil, isn't it? You want to be master of your own life? You can be, but then you're sacrificing it on the master of your, ident of, of your eternity. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, we have to accept the fact that we're human. We have to accept the fact that we sin. And we have to accept the fact that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Once we accept that, we're almost there. 
You know, you can understand there's a God, and you can understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. But until you confess that with your mouth and believe in your heart, Romans 3.10, you won't be you won't be in proper terms with your creator. Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you have to have a time in your life when you've confessed Jesus Christ, consciously or unconsciously. You have to accept him into your life. He doesn't, he, he doesn't push. He stands there. He lets you come to terms with it. The Holy Spirit will work with you. It's a whole big world that opens up, but to simply get to heaven, all you have to do is accept the fact that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins, and confess him as Lord. One, two, three, A, B, C. You know, And uh, that's about as complicated as it gets. Now, what if you can't confess him? When my mother accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, it was six hours before she died, she said three words to me, I'm sorry and pleased. She said please to when I asked her if she wanted me to pray with her so she could accept Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. That's all she said. The thief at the cross didn't recite a big, long prayer. He died. He confessed Christ before he died. He confessed Christ to Christ himself and to the other thief on the cross. But more than that, he accepted him into his heart. Your biggest gift to God today would be to accept him as your personal Savior. The biggest gift you can give someone else today is the truth about Jesus Christ dying on a cross for their sins. That little leaflet I gave you is a place to start. talks about repentance in that pamphlet, and that's simply to make up your mind, change your mind about sin. See, in the time and era of Jesus Christ, everybody thought they had to sacrifice a lamb for their sins or have blood, innocent blood shed to cover their sins. So he told, uh, John the Baptist told them all to repent, to change your mind about sin. Somebody else has taken care of that sin problem. There are still religions today where they think you have to pray and pay your way to heaven. I've been a pallbearer at a funeral. The last thing the man said to the congregation is, remember to pay and pray the dearly beloved's way to heaven. So those things are, there's somebody who knows Christ, somebody who accepts the fact that they're a sinner, but hasn't really confessed Christ in their heart. They're still thinking they're going to earn their way to heaven. If you're here today and think you're going to earn your way to heaven by coming to church on Sunday, it isn't going to work. God wants you to come to church on Sunday so that you'll learn the word and that you'll have grounding for your faith. And I applaud you all for being here. I know what it takes to get here. It isn't always easy, especially on the holidays. Uh, but I want you to make sure you know Christ as your personal Savior. Have you received that gift today? Have you given that gift ever? You know, my, my theology, some of my theology involves a saying, to know joy, one must share it. No, it's not in Scripture. Maybe it's in the book of Samson or something like that. But uh, have you shared your joy of Jesus Christ ever? It doesn't take a 
rocket scientists to figure that out. You got a leaflet in your hand. It's inviting them to church. Church's address is on the back. They call any of the numbers or even look on the computer. We've got a web page. Soon we'll have posted on the web page, accept, believe, and confess. And it'll all be there before them. They can come to terms with God. And you've given them the gift. You've given them the power to know Christ as their personal Savior. So each one of us have an opportunity today to either accept a gift or to give a gift. You've got an opportunity in your hands to accept a gift or give a gift. And the Lord will bless you for it. He'll bless you, and you'll have real joy in your life. Let's all stand.